Hello. My name is Dr. Mercurio Arborea, and I am the founder of the Arborea Institute. Through our unique blend of benign pharmacology, sensory therapy, and energy sculpting, we can guide you to a new, better, happier you. You're about to embark on a great journey let the new age of enlightenment begin. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order. It's no longer a theory. What I'm about to say is fact. The secret organizations of the world power elite are no longer secret. They have planned and are now leading us into a one-world communist government. Welcome useless eaters to the Odd Man Out podcast, where we talk about hidden history, depolitical policy, occult deconstruction, economics, religion, and philosophy. I'm your rabbit hole aficionado, the Odd Man. Welcome. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually... Um, Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Oddcast featuring me, your Odd Man Out. And this week, I have a returning guest who I'm really excited about. I think he's been on the show more times than anybody, even though I don't have that many people on. He's definitely been on the most, and I'm really excited to have Charles Savoy on once again. His mind is like a (laughs) Rolodex of history, of the Pilgrim Society, and all their connected groups. So... We'll hand it on over to Charles. How you doing, Charles? Oh, I'm coming along here, and I'm about ready to go with some interesting details. Awesome. I've been looking forward to this, man. I've gotten a lot of compliments on our shows that we've done previously, and uh, I think you've blown people's minds. And I just wanted to let you know quickly before we get going, I have seen your name referenced in a couple of books lately. One, I can't remember. I meant to write it down, but one I have right beside me, it's uh, – Deanna Spingola's book, uh, it's called The Ruling Elite. I think she's got two or three of these. It's a huge book, but uh, she references you several times in there, and I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, I'm familiar with her name. and In fact, I think we had a couple of email exchanges. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I cannot remember the other book. I'll try to find it. That way I can relay that to you next time we talk. So... For the benefit of people who are totally new to this subject, there is a highly unusual organization with two branches, the original branch, London, 1902, and then the corresponding branch in New York, founded in January of 1903. And um, they together they form a complete control network of business, industry, finance, universities, uh, certain aspects of the church world, especially the the World Council of Churches, of which the Vatican is not a member, by the way, and um, 
the Protestant Episcopal Church here and the Protestant Anglican Church of England, the royal family sponsors the church and the Pilgrims Society. The actual name is Pilgrims Society, plural, but it's easier to say Pilgrim Society because when you end a word with the letter S and you start the next word with an S, it gives you a little bit of a tongue twister, so we'll just say Pilgrim Society. And I want to go over just a few brief quotes that some of you may have heard, but for the benefit of those who haven't, in Empire of the City, World Superstate, 1946, privately published by E.C. Nuth, K-N-U-T-H, page 9, we find the Pilgrim Society described as, quote, the most powerful international society on earth. Few Americans know even of its existence since 1903. And uh, then uh, in Pilgrim Partners, 40 Years of British American Fellowship by Sir Harry Bretain, London, 1943, quote, the cooperation of many minds has been necessary to give the pilgrims the assured position the society occupies. Christian Science Monitor, April 19, 1941, page 4, Anglo-American Pilgrims Progress stated, to go through the list of diners and dinners would reveal a dossier of some of the greatest men of our time. And these are men that, famous names that most people know, but what isn't known is they have this Sub Rosa Association completely hiding in the dark, out of sight, undercover, behind a massive wall of silence. And uh, the alt media is loath to give it any coverage. I've tried for years to get coverage on uh, YouTube channels. Nobody will touch it, mainly because they only interview people selling things. I think we've been over this before, so I won't uh, go into a long dissertation about it, but They've taken away the key of knowledge by refusing to, to notify their viewing audience about the information resources I've created in silversteelers.net and nosilvernationalization.org, over four million words of heavily documented research. Now back to the Pilgrim Society, American Opinion Magazine, October 1970, page 22. The Pilgrim Society sometimes called the world's most secret organization, has as its goal of reuniting England and America. In the uh, same article, page 27, the super-secret Pilgrim Society, whose official logo is entwined American and British flags, is dedicated mer to merging Britain and America. Now, if you look up on Google, you'll find that Donald Trump has said, we should join the British Commonwealth. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he said that. And he used to run with Brooke Astor uh, up in New York. And I, I'm thinking that Trump real estate operations, he may be a front for the Astors who own several hundred billion dollars of land still in Manhattan Island, according to an edition of the New York Social Diary. I, I'm sorry, I don't have the exact reference here, but it's, it was in the New York Social Diary. Hundreds of billions of dollars of Manhattan real estate tracing to John Jacob Astor, who died in 1848. In History of the Great American Fortunes by Gustavus Myers, 1937, said of Astor, it can at once be seen in what transcendent degree Astor's wealth towered far above that of every other rich man in the United States. And the Astors largely migrated to London 
where they became officials of the Pilgrims of Great Britain, Lord Astor of Hever Castle. And uh, there's a rumor I haven't been able to confirm that the Astors uh, swooped down on uh, Japan after the bombs were dropped, and they bought huge tracts of land and made 70,000% returns. Sorry, I don't have a reference for that, and, and I haven't been able to confirm it, but it sounds like something they'd be involved in. Here's something, an Italian website, disinformazione.it, which is Italy, quote, the Pilgrims Society remained hidden until relatively recent years to identify the apex of power. Now, <clears throat> they came out with a website in June 2011, which is just on the heels of my posting silverstealers.net in January of the same year. And Joel Vanderreesen, who does a lot of research on the group also, and we've collaborated for rosters, uh, told me that <clears throat> I'm one of the reasons that they've been forced out into the open. But, but the thing is, how far out into the open have they come? Well, they still don't publish, post a roster to public view. Now, they say all they want to do is improve relations between America and England. Well, why do they have to keep most of their identity secret to do that? England was our deadly enemy in the 1770s. And the War of 1812 was started mainly because we didn't renew the charter of the United States Bank in 1811. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Here is something uh, Montana Congressman Jacob Thorkelson in the House of Representatives on August 19, 1940, said there are several curious things about these pilgrim functions. In the first place, there is present at these dinners an array of notables such as would be difficult to bring together under one roof for any other purpose and by any other society. And uh, <clears throat> in the same congressional record, August 19, 1940, Thorkelson referred to a speech made by Joseph H. Choate, Vanderbilt Railroad uh, attorney, and he was one of the founders of the Pilgrims, as saying that those who would many years later celebrate the start of the second century of the Pilgrims Society in 2003, quote, will have cause to bless their fathers that they founded this society and kept the world on the right track. Now, these, these Pilgrims have... Um, <clears throat> been responsible for founding of the League of Nations after World War One. That was Viscount Cecil of Chelwood. The, the Cecils are intermarried with the Vanderbilts, by the way. And uh, <clears throat> then <clears throat> after World War II, Cordell Hall, a member, is remembered as father of the United Nations. And then Dean Acheson, heir to a Canadian whiskey distillery fortune, is remembered as the father of NATO. In fact, he wrote a book over 800 pages on the subject, present at the creation. And on page 812, he mentioned the Society of Pilgrims. And he didn't go into any detail now. On December 19, 1973, I got my only reply by mail from the Pilgrims in New York. <laughs> Assistant Secretary Mrs. E.M. Simpson said, the Pilgrims of the United States is not a secret society. It is a senior Anglo-American society. There is no other information or anything like any pamphlets available. Uh, 
and uh, so they, you know, you'd have to hold their feet to the fire to get anything out of them, pretty much. Uh, the the uh, original place where I started finding out identities of some of the members was <clears throat> Who's Who in America. And that's an extremely tedious uh, thing to go through reading Who's Who. I learned to speed read by doing that. And now you have an online searchable database but of course that costs you money to do that but I want to <clears throat> mention four members of what was called the Money Trust the Pujo Investigative Committee of Congress 1913 led by Arsene Pujo of Louisiana <clears throat> concluded affirmative to the existence of a money trust or extreme concentration of financial control in Wall Street. <clears throat> so the first one I want to mention is uh, Alvin W. Kretsch, K-R-A-C-H, Who's Who in America, 1916, page 1413. Uh, it says banker, born Hannibal, Missouri, 1858. Started with Union Pacific Railroad, that's the Harrimans. Uh, Mercantile Trust, New York, Equitable Trust, New York, now President, Equitable Trust. Well, Equitable Trust, along with Chase National Bank, <clears throat> were co-leaders in the Soviet credit business in the U.S. in the 1920s, selling Bolshevik bonds to the network of Pilgrim Society, her hereditary dynasties. They kept the Reds in power in Russia. Now we've got the, the Russians as an enemy. Well, they built up this enemy. They did it with Lindley's in World War II, Avril Harriman, a member, and they shipped entire railroad systems over there, all kinds of factories that got reassembled over there, all kinds of industrial equipment. But back to back to Alvin W. Kretsch here of Equitable Trust, also president of Equitable Safe Deposit Company, trustee Bank of Havana, Cuba, Director Wabash Railroad, Western Maryland Railroad, West Virginia Central and Pittsburgh Railway Company, Norfolk Southern Railroad, that's the one that had the chemical spill in Ohio, Raleigh, Charlotte, Georges Creek and Cumberland Railroad, Kentucky, Buxton and Land Street Company, Davis Coal and Coke Company, Electric Properties Company, John L. Roper Lumber Company, Midland Securities Company, he's the director of all these, Southern Continent Oil Company, <coughs> let's see where was I here, Southern Continent Oil Company, and uh, Virginia, Carolina Chemical Company, National Bank of Commerce, City Investing Company, that grew to be a multi-billion dollar operation, National Bank of Commerce, City Investing Company, Robins Conveying Belt Company, that's named after a member who invented conveyor belts for bringing ore out of mines. It was used all over the world. Uh, <clears throat> selling Company of America, etc. Clubs, Traver Travelers Club, Paris, Royal Thames Yacht, London, Metropolitan, Racket and Tennis, Century Club, New York, New York Athletic Club, Grolier, Church Club, 
and uh, Riding Club, City Midday, Automobile Club of America, Rolling Rock, National Golf Links, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Metal Club of Southampton, Suffolk Hunt Com Cl Club. These clubs are very important because they give members of the society a way to influence thousands of other uh, significantly influential people. Kretsch's office was at 37 Wall Street. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> now, Equitable Trust in the late 1920s merged into Chase National Bank. So we're going to look at Albert H. Wigan, who was um, became president of Chase National Bank in 1911 and chairman since 1926. And this information comes from page 2352 of the 1930 Who's Who in America. <clears throat> and he was on a lot of boards, including... Chase Securities Corporation, Chase Safe Deposit Company, Finance Company of Great Britain and America, Trustee and Chairman Finance Committee, American Surety Company of New York, Trustee Adams Express Company, Director, American Express. How many of y'all have an American Express card? American International Corporation, American Locomotive Company, American Sugar Refining Company, American Woolen Company, Armor and Company, Meat Packers of Chicago, Astor, Safe Deposit Company. The Astors were the second biggest holders of Chase National Bank after the Rockefellers. <coughs> Brooklyn Manhattan Transit Corporation, Coca-Cola Company, Discount Corporation of New York, Fidelity Phoenix Fire Insurance, Greenwich Connecticut Trust Company, Garanti Safe Deposit Company, Hudson and Manhattan Railroad, International, uh, excuse me, International Paper Company, International Agricultural Corporation, <coughs> Inspiration Consolidated Copper Company, <coughs> Lawyers Trust Company, Mack Trucks, Metropolitan Life Insurance, New York Rapid Transit, Rail Joint Company, that's building railroads, Wells Fargo and Company, an allegedly competing bank, Western Union Telegraph, <clears throat> Westinghouse Electric, George Westinghouse was a member, Holmes Protective Company, that's detectives, private detectives, uh, Montreal Locomotive Works, Otis Elevator Company, which installed elevators and buildings all over the world, Newmont Gold Mining Corporation, and many other companies. Wow. I just listed a few of them. Amazing. This guy, good Lord. I mean, you know, they, people talk about the black nobility, you know, as far as like, well, there, there may be these people that are more powerful than, say, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. But and most of the time when I hear people talk about that, they kind of talk like, well, they're probably, you know, maybe in Italy or somewhere, like the Banco family or something like that. But, uh, you know, I think about it when I hear you talk about some of these guys are so well connected and belong to all these different groups and are part of all these corporations, and average people don't even know about them. So, you know, they could just as well be the black nobility because, uh, you know, people aren't aware of the, the power that they had. 
Yeah, the ancestries of these pilgrims members is really, it'll put phosphonies, that spots before your retinas, like you get out in the sun. Uh, he was also director of New York Clearinghouse Association. That's processing checks between banks. Treasurer, American Merchant Marine Library Association. Uh, member, United States Fuel Administration for the state of New York, 1917 to 18. A lot of these people were involved in government agencies in both world wars. What does that tell you? Uh, clubs, Metropolitan. Union League, Recess, Century, Bankers, Racking and Tennis, New York Yacht, India House, The Links, Piping Rock, National Golf Links, Garden City Golf, Blind Brook, New York, Metropolitan, Washington, D.C., where they can influence congressmen, Union Club, Boston, Greenwich Club, Connecticut. And uh, <clears throat> so Cretch and Wigan are two premier examples of what was going on with <clears throat> the money trust in uh, before 1920 and into the 20s and 30s. And I, I said I wanted to talk about four of them. Well, I've got another two here. <coughs> and uh, one of them was Andrew W. Mellon, who was a multi-term treasury secretary. And uh, there's a biography on his son, Paul, uh, called Paul Mellon, Portrait of an Oil Baron, due to his dominant ownership in the former Gulf Oil Corporation. Uh, <clears throat> but he said that Andrew Mellon held, held voting shares in more than 300 corporations, and his fortune was equal to the entire value of all the property in the state of Texas. And today we have Bank of New York Mellon run by members of the society, and it represents around $35 trillion in wealth. Wow. That's trillion with, a, trillion with a T. It's neck and neck with State Street Corporation of Boston. <clears throat> now, can I ask you quickly, uh, that Mellon name, isn't there uh, or wasn't there a man named, uh, I want to say Richard Mellon Scafe? Is that right? Scafe, yeah. Mm -hmm. Scafe, okay. Uh, because... I was looking a while back at this one group. I may have mentioned them to you before, but uh, they're called the Council for National Policy, and it's supposed to be a bunch of Republicans, conservatives, but I think what they are, they're like the, the Pilgrim Society because they don't release their uh, their members and they don't release what they talk about, but they have these meetings several times a year with all these bigwigs, and I got to looking at it, and turns out that uh, Mellon Scafe Foundation funds funds them for the most part, and then they also fund a bunch of the other supposedly conservative causes like the Convention of States, uh, the uh, Heritage Foundation, um, several of these uh, different foundations. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. Oh, they've got so many tentacles and offshoots, you, you can't shake a stick at it. It's like, it's like they said in uh, – a Burt Lancaster movie called Apache. Their numbers is of the leaves of the trees. And uh, <clears throat> so another member of the Money Trust would be Floyd Odlum, O-D-L-U-M. And Floyd Odlum was one of the few people <clears throat> to emerge from the crash in 1929, having gained a startling amount of wealth, having gone short the market at a critical, critical time. And he ended up having... <clears throat> 
tens of thousands of utility customers as far away as England. And he was in a lot of industries, uranium and uh, insurance. And also there was Thomas Fortune Ryan. And you know what they said about Ryan? They said if he had enough time, he'd have all the money in the world. Well, he died in 1928, but he dominated 30 corporations, including insurance, typewriters, machine guns, coal mining, realty, uh, and he was a big uh, <clears throat> exploiter of diamonds over in the Congo, Africa. <clears throat> and um, so the actually the Pilgrims Society is the money trust. Okay. And I th I think that when these when these people die, <clears throat> if they if it's deemed that their offspring are not let's say mature enough to carry on the cause, um, they get left out with maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars to play with, but the bulk of their the members' wealth will go into some uh, Byzantine and Turnacine trusts run by members on wall street um things things that are just almost impossible to trace <clears throat> and uh so I, w I want to mention uh two guys now that are more recent not real recent but more recent than than the ones we discussed of course avery rockefeller jr from the 20s would be in the money trust and J.P. Morgan Sr. who died in 1913. His biographer Cass Canfield who was also a member said J.P. Morgan Sr. was almost lord of creation. And uh, <clears throat> it's so, unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable that the, the influence that J.P. Morgan had and, and even still has in, you know, uh, upon people and on industries and in banking, it's it's wild. So the next name I want to talk about is Glenn T. Seaborg, S-E-A-B-O-R-G. That's Swedish, and he was chairman of the Atomic Energy Commission from 1961 to 1971, <clears throat> at which time he assumed a professorship of chemistry at the University of California at Berkeley, but he was also director of Lawrence Berkeley uh, Lab, which dealt with uh, chemistry and physics. <clears throat> he was chancellor of the university from 58 to 61. And uh, <clears throat> let's see, he, uh, he was on the advisory committee to the AEC, Atomic Energy Commission, from 46 to 50. Now, the, the Atomic Energy Commission purchased uranium from Floyd Odlum, a name that we just mentioned, uh, another member. And Floyd Odlum is the one that crushed Jack Northrop, Northrop Aviation when he refused a lowball offer to sell to, uh, to uh, Odlum's Convair Corporation. <clears throat> so back to Clint T. Seaborg here. <clears throat> Let's see. <clears throat> Director Geomet Incorporated. I don't know what that was, but I'm I'm thinking it might be hydrothermal energy. Datran Inc. Don't know what that was. 
Dreyfus Third Century Fund, a mutual fund, member of President's Scientific Advisory Committee, uh, member National Advisory Board to, let's see, where was I? Member National Council of Marine Resources and Engineering Development. They're looking for minerals on the seafloor. Member National Aerospace and Space Council, 10 years. Federal Council of Science and Technology, 10 years. National Committee on America's Goals and Resources, three years. President's Committee on Manpower. Member, let's see, Electoral College Hall of Fame for Great Americans. If you're a Pilgrim member, you can be a great American. Chairman, Chemical Education Material Study. I mean, this guy's credits just go on almost as long as your arm can stretch. National Programming Council for Public TV. They decide what goes into the public mind. Director, Educational TV and Radio Center. <clears throat> President, Fourth United Nations International Conference on Atomic Energy, Geneva, Switzerland. Also chairman of the U.S. delegation twice. And uh, <clears throat> member, Scientific Advisory Board of Robert A. Welch Foundation, trustee, Pacific Science Center Foundation, trustee, Science Service, president of Science Service, trustee, American Scandinavian Foundation. Remember, I told you he was Swedish. Uh, trustee, Educational Broadcasting Corporation, board of directors starting in 1969 of World Future Society. Remember about keeping the world on the right track? California Council for Environmental and Economic Balance. <clears throat> Board of Directors, American Swedish Historical Foundation. And then it's got a long list of awards. <clears throat> uh, honorary degrees from universities. <laughs> William H. Nichols Award. New York Section of American Chemical Society. Well, Nichols was a member. This guy was chairman and president of the prestigious American Academy of Arts and Sciences, very important organization. Uh, <clears throat> honorary chairman of American Nuclear Society. <clears throat> Let's see. Member of American Philosophical Society, Royal Swedish Academy of Engineering Sciences, American National Academy of Engineering, Argentine National Academy of Engineering, Bavarian, Polish, Royal Swedish, and USSR Academies of Science, Royal Academy of England, uh, Member Physics and Natural Sciences Committee of Spain, Member Society of Nuclear Medicine, German Academy of uh, my German is only good, natural something or other. National Academy of Public Administration. Clubs, Bohemian Club, San Francisco. Now, that was founded in 1887, and there are those that will tell you the Bohemian is the top group. Well, it, it's quite important, but I do, do not see it as a top group. Chemist Club, New York. Cosmos Club, D.C. That's a very odd and slightly frightening club, if you look it up, the Cosmos Club, University Club of Washington, 
and uh, <clears throat> this guy discovered a number of elements and isotopes. <clears throat> Associate editor of the Journal of Chemistry and Physics, Industrial Research, Journal of Inorganic and Nuclear Chemistry, Editorial Board, Journal of the American Chemical Society, et cetera, et cetera. International Encyclopedia of Physics, Chemistry, and Chemical Physics, Radio Chemistry Journal, <clears throat> Member Panel, Golden Picture Encyclopedia for Children, Shaping Their Minds, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so Funk and Wagnall's Universal Standard Encyclopedia, American Heritage Dictionary, Panel Usage Consultant, <clears throat> and, you know, this guy... I, I don't know what kind of IQ he had, but it must have been pretty dazzling. But unfortunately, he also had a, an evil, sinister streak. Now, in his who's who listing, he doesn't say anything about pilgrims. But I got that out of the uh, the 1969 roster. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, he definitely was a member. And... Uh, let me uh, take a breather for just a second, would you? Hear? Yeah, absolutely. I want to say something? Go ahead. Yeah, it's just amazing that uh, the network that they had going, you know, that stretched not just from you know America to England, but it sounds like Cuba and Switzerland and all over the place. Oh, and, everywhere. Yeah, and I think that obviously that still goes on today. I mean, I don't think there's any question about it, and. I think these are the type of people that are really, you know, we blame communism kind of uh, traditionally for globalism, and there's a lot to blame communism for, don't get me wrong, but I think that uh, these Pilgrim Society types are actually the most powerful forces behind globalism because of their, you know, their financial, uh, their financial actions and, and what they're connected to. I don't know if you... You know, if you think that as well, but I, I feel like, uh, you know, the, the guys in the Pilgrim Society, and then you figure in the, you know, the Warburgs and the uh, Shifts and those kinds of people, and, and they already, they weren't American anyway, so, why, you know, they didn't care about uh, just kind of keeping trade in America, and so why wouldn't they invest in all these other uh, countries and do things like that that would push us closer to globalism? Okay, um, another member um, closer to recent times that just had a staggering number of connections, William E. Simon. He was Treasury Secretary for a while. He was an antagonist to the price of gold because they, they put out paper money and they, they don't want gold or silver to rise because it's an embarrassment to the paper dollar. Uh, William E. Simon, he had... Honorary degrees from a lot of universities, Boston University, Washington University, Seton Hall University, Fairleigh Dickinson University, Washington College, Rutgers, Ryder College, uh, Jacksonville, Florida University, uh, and uh, various other New England colleges, New England College, Springfield University, Hanyang University, Seoul, Korea. <clears throat> Now, uh, Simon married a woman named Carol Gerard in 1950. 
And as it turns out, Carol Girard is of the same Girard family connected to the first United States Bank, 1791 to 1811, Stephen Girard. Uh, <clears throat> And he was known British loyalist, and uh, he had ships' cargoes coming from different other ports in the world. And the British always left his cargoes alone while sinking other ships and or seizing other cargoes, but they left him alone. And uh, you know, this Pilgrim thing is so profound that I even found a member was it back in the 1980s who was an interior designer interior decorator doing houses for members uh and, and with a british decor theme it's just unreal about the british 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 everything um <clears throat> now back to simon <clears throat> secretary of the treasury 73 to 74 Administrator, Federal Energy Office, 73 to 74. They had uh, <clears throat> long lines at the gas stations because of this guy. Secretary of the Treasury, 74 to 77. Senior consultant to Booz Allen and Hamilton, which I believe is a executive recruiting agency. Senior advisor to Blith Eastman Dillon Company, high finance firm. Deputy Chairman, Olion Investments Company, 1980 to 82. Well, now, that's named after Sheikh Suleiman S. Olion of Saudi Arabia. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Simon here says, Chairman Crescent Development, Diversified Limited, Westray Corporation, Westray West Capital Corporation, <clears throat> Chairman Emeritus Westray West corporation and uh, he's the one that bought six flags over texas amusement park for 360 million dollars in a leverage buyout now a leverage buyout is where you go to some finance institutions like mega banks and you pledge the assets of the target that you want to take over as collateral an ordinary person can't do something like that i mean they laugh you out of the bank if you went Said, well, I want to buy this car lot over here, and I'll pledge their their assets against the loan. And they say, "Get the hell out of here! Who the hell are you?" You know. Mm -hmm. But these people can do it, though. These other guys, these uh, continent stomping titans. <clears throat> okay, back to Simon, co-chairman WSGP International, Los Angeles. Also chairman William E. Simon Foundation, Geostar Corporation. Board of Directors, Castleton, Inc., Weintraub Entertainment Group, probably movies, Wellsford Group, consultant to Brazil Invest, Allstate Insurance Company, Calvin Bullock Limited. Now, that was at One Wall Street, a, a group of mutual funds run by Hugh Bullock, who was president of the Pilgrims U.S. from... 1955 to 1996, a 41-year run. Calvin Bullock was a member, and that was his father. <clears throat> and the Bullocks traced to a colonial land grant in Virginia Colony that the Crown of England gave to them. And so they're British loyalists today. Uh, <clears throat> and here is Johnson & Johnson, consultant W.R. Grayson Company, another member, uh, 
James Russell Grace, uh, former member public review board, Arthur Anderson and company accountants. Lecture in numerous schools, including Harvard Business School, University of Michigan, Georgetown, Boston, University of Chicago, Columbia University, Lafayette College, University of Notre Dame, Oxford University, United States Air Force Academy, Long Island University, St. Louis University, <clears throat> Princeton University, Erasmus University at Rotterdam, the Netherlands, University of Rochester, which is associated with Eastman Kodak, Susquehanna University, Fairleigh Dickinson University, author, A Time for Truth, 1978. Well, he didn't mention the pilgrims in, in uh, his book. Uh, so that's the kind of truth you get out of him. Cover up, member editorial advisory boards to Washington Times, President John M. Olin Foundation. Now, John M. Olin was a member, <clears throat> and he ran Olin Chemical Corporation, which was sold out for $772 million to, I think it was uh, Dow or DuPont, one or the other, <clears throat> and uh, Simon was also president of Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Birthplace Foundation, chairman investment committee of the United States Air Force Academy Investment Committee. Member Federal Advisory Board Committee for the Present Prevention Preservation of the Treasury Building, former President and Treasurer U.S. Olympic Committee, now member Executive Board and Administrative and Finance Committee, Trustee Hillsdale College Heritage Foundation, National Investors Hall of Fame, Boston University, Adelphi University, Newark Boys Chorus School, Trustee Emeritus Lafayette College. Trustee, Member Investment Committee, Simon School, University of Rochester, Chairman of the Board of Trustees, U.S. Olympic Foundation, Community Foundation, Board of Directors, Sequoia Institute, World Cup 1994 Organizing Committee, Kissinger Associates. Kissinger became a VP of the Pilgrims. National Football Foundation Hall of Fame, that's Chester J. LaRoche, a member. <clears throat> Catholic Big Brothers. A few of these guys are Catholic, but their their loyalty is with the Crown. Covenant House, Boys Harbor, International Foundation for Education and Self-Help, Citizens Network for Foreign Affairs, that sounds like propagandizing the tiny people, Courage Foundation, American Friends of Covent Garden, that's British, Royal Ballet, Director, Member Budget and Finance Committee, Gerald Ford Foundation, an honorary member, <clears throat> member, National Council of Trustees, Freedoms Foundation at Valley Forge. I'm sure that displeased uh, George Washington. Member Advisory Board, Secretary of Treasury, Jesse Owens Foundation. Honorary Chairman, Institute for Educational Affairs. Member Overseers, Hoover Institution on War, Revolution, and Peace of Stanford University, California. Executive Council on Foreign Diplomats. This guy was influencing people all over the map. Member Advisory Board, American Pacific Security Research Institute, University of Southern California School of Business Administration, Member Advisory Board, SAIL, some kind of nautical something or other, Private Sector Initiatives Foundation, Women's Sports Foundation, U.S. Association of Blind Athletes, Catholics committed to support the Pope. Well, he's in the Pilgrim Society, which is royalist. Center for Christianity and the Common Good. 
member National Advisory Board, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome Alliance, Chairman Advisory Board, Teach for America, member Cardinals Committee of the Laity, Governor, New York Hospital, Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation. People say Reagan was a patriot. No, he wasn't. He, he signed the 1986 Vaccine Act uh, pr protecting vaccine manufacturers from being sued. Member, uh, John D. Moore Scholarship Fund, Dublin, Ireland. National Council of Recording for the Blind. Member Committee for Restoration of John B. Kelly Jr. Memorial Boathouse. Member of Council Templeton College, Visiting Committee, Marine Science Research Center, State University of New York, Member International Counselors, Center for Strategic and International Studies, that's where they're playing in World War III, there and the RAND Corporation. Member Honorary Committee, Women's Economic <coughs> Roundtable, <coughs> Member Inaugural Advisory Board, Gene Autry Western Heritage Museum, Member Executive Committee, the Bretton Woods Commission, Member Policy Council, the Tax Foundation, Honorary Chairman, Fundraising Campaign, Morris Center, YMCA, Honorary Co-Chairman, Liberty Park Foundation, <coughs> Suffolk County Vietnam Veterans Memorial Commission, U.S. Fitness Academy Campaign, National Fitness Foundation, Contributor, New York State Caddy Scholarship Fund, U.S. Golf Association Foundation, uh, served with the Army, 46 to 48. Well, he didn't have to go into battle anywhere. Decorated Order of the Nile, Egypt, recipient Investment Bankers Association of America Award, Small Business Administration Award, 1971, <clears throat> Second Annual Wall Street Division Youth Services Award, 1971, Outstanding Service to, uh, let's see, <clears throat> Uh, the, to the Port Authority of New York, 1973. Securities Industry Association Award, 1973. Outstanding Citizen of New Jersey Award. Advertising Club of New Jersey, 1974. Financial World Award, 1974. <clears throat> Good Scout Award, Boy Scouts of America. Outstanding Citizen of the Year. Civic Leadership Award. <clears throat> Dean's Citation of American University. Trustees Medal from Fairleigh Dickinson University, Gold Medal of the National Institute of Social Sciences. Now, that is something that I've seen a lot of members associated with, and it's eugenics. Okay. There they they connive and scheme ways to manage the 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 royal family serfs over here, and. Uh, <clears throat> There's still more here, Young Americans for Freedom Citation, American Institute for Public Service Award, Business and Public Affairs Award, Chamber of Commerce of Maryland, Flame of Truth Award, Fund for Higher Education in Israel, Distinguished Achievements Award, Money Marketers of New York University, New York University College of Business and Public Administration Medal, Government Service Award, Public Relations Society of America, Carnaba Palm Award, S.C. Johnson & Son, Inc. Uh, Economic Reform Citation, Chapman College. Uh, Rotary Club, Freedom Foundation at Valley Forge. S.A.R. Sons of the American Revolution. <clears throat> uh, Washington Award of Lafayette College. Uh, and just on and on and on. And there's several dozen more. And he was a member of, let's see, 
<clears throat> says, member, Council on Foreign Relations, the Society of Friendly Sons of St. Patrick, that's people of Irish descent. He's only one of two pilgrim members that I found in the Sons of St. Patrick. Pilgrims of U.S., Pennsylvania Society, Montpelierin Society, which is uh, economists, Asia Society, Executive Committee on the Asia Society, Alfalfa Club of Washington, Balboa Bay Club, California, Madison Square Garden, Maidstone River, Sheriff's Jury, Inc., Lynx, Brook, New York Yacht, Bond Club, Municipal Bond of New York, New York Athletic, <clears throat> Commonwealth Club of California, San Francisco, Lyford K., Nassau, Bahamas. A lot of them are members of uh, Lyford K. and Mid-Ocean Club, Mendham Valley Gun Club, New Jersey, Country Club of Colorado, Colorado Springs, Gulfstream Golf Club, Florida, Rolling Rock Club, Ligonier, Pennsylvania, <clears throat> Wailai Country, and Oahu Country, Honolulu. I wonder if if, um, if um, Steve McGarrett knew about that, huh? Morris County Golf, New Jersey. <clears throat> Numerous dedications in his honor, including William E. Salmon, Chair of Political Economy, Lafayette College. Whenever I heard that, hear that phrase, political economy, I cringe. William E. Salmon Center for Economics and Business Administration, Simon Graduate School of Business Administration, University of Rochester, Simon Chair in Political Economy, Georgetown University, Center for Strategic and International Studies, William E. and Carol Simon Athletic Center, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, my jaw's about about to drop off my skull and hit the floor <laughs> if I keep reading these credits he had. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's more like what didn't he belong to? Like what group didn't he belong to or wasn't affiliated with? And this uh, the Center for Strategic and International Studies. I am seeing that group more and more, and I didn't know they'd been a, you know been around for a long time. And here lately, it just seems like. At least half the people I've looked into, the politicians, especially people who've been in presidential administrations, have also belonged to either that one or the American Enterprise Institute. And uh, uh, of course, the Council on Foreign Relations, and it's a big one too. I want to mention. Uh, <clears throat> kind of a noxious type of organization, the Hereditary Society Community of the United States of America. Uh, it has quite an interlock with the Pilgrims, Hereditary Society Community. They have a, a symbol of a circle with a, a gene strand going across diagonally, and underneath it says HSC. <coughs> and... Uh, <coughs> Uh, you can find the uh, advisory council. Here's one, De a female, Diet Dupree Nesbitt. She lives in Texas. <clears throat> She's a sponsor of the Hereditary Society community, <clears throat> and uh, her family is wealthy in petroleum, oil and gas, <clears throat> and um, a member of Jamestown Society. That's Colonial America of Virginia, Order of Descendants of Colonial Cavaliers, Dames of Colonial Cavaliers, Society of the First Families of South Carolina, started in 1670. Order of the First Families of Virginia started in 1607. 
And these people have roots going back centuries to the founding of America. National Society of Colonial Dames in, in America in the Commonwealth of Virginia. National Society of Colonial Dames of America in the state of Texas. Huguenot Society of America. Now, now that originated in France, the Huguenots. They were in extreme conflict with Roman Catholics there. And the St. Valentine's Massacre was, let's see, 15, something like 1578, somewhere wrong in there. And the Catholics massacred hundreds of thousands of Huguenots. Those that escaped fled first to the Netherlands, then to England, then to America. And there's the Huguenot Society of America, which is run by Pilgrims members. And the Huguenots here acquired pretty much fantastic wealth and land uh, <clears throat> with all kind of timber and water resources. Okay, back to Diet Dupree Nesbitt, <clears throat> Order of Americans of Armorial Ancestry. That's coat of arms, a, a military type of thing. Daughters of the Cincinnati, <clears throat> Order of the First Families of Mississippi, started in 1699. Society of Descendants of Colonial Clergy. And uh, <clears throat> you keep scrolling down here. It says, Mrs. Nesbitt was elected to life membership in the Pilgrims of the United States in alliance with the Pilgrims of Great Britain. That's the hereditary... Uh, society community <clears throat> and let's see here's another one um, this guy <clears throat> well it doesn't say pilgrims here but I believe it's in it's in one of the leaked lists and this guy's in dozens of over 100 hereditary organizations <clears throat> Aztec Club of 1847 now the Aztec Club of 1847 <clears throat> was founded in Mexico City <clears throat> at the peak of the Mexican-American War of 1847 to 48. <clears throat> and uh, uh, members of the Aztec Club are responsible for taking 900,000 square miles of territory away from Mexico. And if you study the land origins of America, it all traces to Pilgrim Society connected people like um, uh, Schuyler Colfax, S-C-H-U-Y-L-E-R. Uh, the Schuyler's Dutch dynasty that had large colonial land grants in New Netherlands before the British came and took it over in 1664. Schuyler Colfax was Speaker of the House of Representatives. And he's responsible for... <clears throat> um, Restrictions on states attaining statehood, in order to get statehood, they had to cede huge areas of their territory to federal ownership. Oh. Yeah. A scam. And uh, this guy, this guy I was talking about, Barry Christopher Howard, he doesn't say pilgrims, but he's a member from one of the rosters I have. Uh... Order of the Merovingian Dynasty, well, that traces back to um, over 1,500 years ago in France. <clears throat> Order of the Crown in America, 
Military Society, the War of 1812, St. George's Society of New York, etc., etc., Society of Descendants of Colonial Clergy, and just on and on. There's one other, one other guy that I wanted to mention. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Charles William Newhauser, a sponsor of the Hereditary Society Community. <coughs> President of the St. Nicholas Society of New York. Well, that's Dutch wealth. Dutch wealth. Newhauser, that's Dutch. General Society of Colonial Wars, Treasurer General. 100 living descendants of Blood Royal, Order of the Merovingian Dynasty. National Society of Americans of Royal Descent. General Society of Mayflower Descendants. <coughs> and... Uh, <coughs> Let's see. Mr. Newhauser is a member of Racket and Tennis Club of New York, the Tuxedo Club, the Maryland Club, the Pilgrims. He and his family are Episcopalian. Now, it doesn't say here, but Newhauser is a big-time high-finance executive. I'm going to look him up real quick on Google. Yeah. Yeah, I know that uh, since we've talked last, I think it, you know it's been – Almost a year and a half, I think, since we've talked. And you know, I, when I'm reading stuff here, I, since we've you know done the shows together, I notice a lot of times it seems like that Episcopalian church title I see more than any other church. It seems like the big shots, there's something about this Episcopalian thing going on. They really seem to belong to that it's church. It's royal family church. <laughs> okay, well, that makes sense then. That makes total sense. And Neuhauser's uh, mother was Joan Schuyler, S-C-H-U-Y-L-E-R. Remember we mentioned Schuyler Colfax. Mm -hmm. And that name Schuyler re recurs in leaked lists of the pilgrims over and over and over, over and over and over. And uh, a lot of other names recur too. Anyway, he's a big-time financial guy at Maywall Investment Management in Tuxedo Park, New York. And Tuxedo Park, New York, is um, <clears throat> one of the primary haunts of these people. Another one would be Jupiter Island, Florida. Okay. Okay, I've seen that. I've seen that reading around as well. And Florida has a number of counties named after members. Um, Henry Harkness Flagler, Flagler County, Florida. He built Florida East Coast Railroad, and uh, he built a big hotel down there. He was a standard oil heir. And then there's another one, Baron Collier, Collier County, Florida. He's the one that persuaded America to join Interpol. Okay. He was a, a director of many banks and corporations. I've been to Flagler Beach. It's kind of a uh, surprisingly... Uh, I had some friends that lived close to that, and we went down there one time. And uh, really nice place, man. It, you know, it's one of those places where uh, it's not just hotel after hotel. There's quite a bit of beach, uh, empty beach out there. So I, I saw that guy's name everywhere. Um, quickly, I know we don't have much time, but I think pretty sure once we were talking and you mentioned the Livingston family. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, they're all over the place. Okay, that's what I was thinking, because I read a book a couple of months ago, and I think it was called Secret Societies of the Elite or something like that, but it's an interesting book, and he got into the Livingstons, and he said that they started out in piracy, and uh, 
he went on and on about, uh, I think there's been 20-some-odd, maybe even higher than that, Livingstons who've held high uh, positions in government. And I think there was one that was even Clinton tried to appoint him for something, so a pretty high office, but he didn't get it voted in. So uh, it's pretty interesting. And I thought, you know what, I think Charles said that the, they were a Pilgrim Society family as well. Yeah, the, it was a Livingston that made the 800,000-square-mile uh, Louisiana Purchase. So there we are again, all the land in America tracing to these people. Alaska was uh, bought by Secretary of State William Seward in 1867, and we have members of the Seward family in the New York branch. Sir Ivor Seward Richard, British ambassador to the U.N., in uh, 1979, and he's the only member I ever confronted, and he didn't say anything about the group, but I had their emblem on my T-shirt, and he just went white when he saw me coming with a tape recorder. He just, <laughs> mainly he wanted to get away from me, and he did. Uh, didn't want anything to do with that. No. And, you know, honestly, for the naysayers out there, why would this group, if they're just about fostering relations between the United States and Britain, why would they not you know, release their membership or why wouldn't they even have their meetings online like most, you know, a lot of these groups do? I mean, even the Council on Foreign Relations, you can see their memberships. I, th I think you can even see the the members of the uh, Bilderberg now, if I'm not mistaken. So, Yeah, trilateral. Yeah, yeah. If there's nothing to hide, you know, I mean put it out there well <clears throat> um friendly relations between america and england that, that's code language for uh, using american power for british globalist ambitions that's what it is about and uh, yeah I, I think so man it's all about uh, building up britain's business and uh of course you know america's business now too the brits who are invested in american <laughs> business an elite networking group. Well, this has been great, man. I, I can't believe it's been an hour already, but uh, yeah, we'll definitely get together again if you're up to it soon. And uh, I don't think we covered uh, the more recent uh, Pilgrim Society membership list. Was it latest? 2014, 2014 is the latest I have. Yeah. So maybe uh, if you're up to it uh, soon, we can look at that and um, yeah, kind of go over some of these these more modern members and uh, I'm sure people will recognize a lot of their names. Yeah. And hit that because um, it's just so many people who've been so important in politics and business who've been members and who are probably members right now. We just don't know it. Yeah. I've, I've had uh, lists of people that I consider <clears throat> suspects or as cops say persons of interest. <clears throat> here's, here's one that died in 2016 Stephen Van Cortlandt Wilberding, Van Cortlandt, C-O-R-T-L-A-N-D-T, -E Old Dutch Dynasty, now in most of the land around Albany, New York. <clears throat> uh, at yourobserver.com, we read, Wilberding's reach spanned the globe. And at legacy.com, we read, quote, he was descended from one of the oldest New York families, his first ancestor in the New World, having laid out Wall Street. Wow, that's quite, <laughs> that's quite a statement. He was with Merrill Lynch and Company and managed Saudi Arabian government's $150 billion of reserves while living in Riyadh and uh, emerging markets in Latin America, Eastern Europe, Russia, 
uh, in the... Uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, um, I read a book a while back um, called Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon, and it was about a lot of these 60s rock stars and how their family were elites, and, and a lot of them were in uh, military intelligence and stuff like that. And they were talking about David Crosby, and he was from the Van Cortlands. Uh, that was his, uh, he's from that bloodline. And I, they claimed, if I'm not mistaken, that it went all the way back to John Adams, that bloodline did. So, very interesting. That's like uh, American <coughs> founding uh, founding royalty there. You know, a member of the Adams family was chairman of defense contractor Raytheon in Boston. Oh, wow. Gosh. Big defense contractor. Absolutely. Charles yeah. F. Adams III. Well, I, I remember... Uh, I've only been to Washington a couple of times, but uh, we were going, I think it was in Fairfax right beside Washington, and there was a humongous Raytheon building beside the interstate. And then when we finally get down to uh, Washington, D.C., probably three, four blocks away from the White House, there's a gigantic Raytheon building too. So, man, it, they work hand in hand. Iridium Satellite Network has as its chairman a member, Robert H. Niehaus, N-I-E-H-A-U-S, which I believe is also Dutch. Niehaus is on over a dozen other boards due to venture capital financing. Iridium operates 66 satellites orbiting at 485 miles over the planet. I guess they want to track everybody that does anything. Niehaus financed the funding, founding of... of uh, the Niehaus Center for Globalization and Governance at Princeton University. Well, these globalists, they work hand-in-hand with the the big uh, colleges. You know, it's just, it's almost like they're uh, controlling them to a degree, and it seems like they're a big hub, too, for uh, intelligence as well. Yeah, the uh, universities are hotbeds of subversion. Uh, There was another member I could have mentioned for somebody that just had an endless list of Connections, trusteeships, directorships, uh, and that is Thomas J. Watson Sr. of IBM. He wasn't actually the founder of IBM, but a lot of people think he was. But the actual founder of IBM was another member. I'm trying to think of his name right off. It's on the tip of my tongue. He was, he's remembered as the father of trusts, T-R-U-S-T-S. Can't think of his name offhand. But uh, it, there's too much information to memorize all of it of course yeah absolutely um we mentioned percy avery rockefeller well he was a director of over 50 corporations uh including copper mining in chile natural gas iron mining insurance remington arms western union telegraph he cost investors 150 million in the 1920s in a swindle connected to Anaconda Copper. And uh, he was obviously re- connected to the John D. Rockefeller? Uh, yeah, he's, a, he's an off- a cousin of them, I think. Okay, gotcha. And um, <clears throat> one of the most interesting names from the 2014 London list, His Grace the Duke of Westminster. That's Gerald Cavendish Grosvenor. And uh, he died, I think, in 2016, but... They said he literally owned London, owned huge swaths of land across the globe, and skyscrapers in 70 major cities, including the Wells Fargo Tower in Los Angeles, 
He owned Wheat Sheaf Group, planning to feed the world's commoners. With soldier fly maggots and treated sewage, his family owned an opium trading ship to China as far back as 1786. His wife, Natalia, descended from Russian nobility, whose wealth in modern terms is reckoned at $300 billion. Jeez. That's a, a lot of money. And I remember, um, I think it's Silver Squelchers number 34 was about Gerald Cavendish Grosvenor, and the, the Cavendish family has been part of the management of the Bank of England for a long time, and also there was a section on him tightening rents as landlord over a lot of buildings in Paris and driving people to desperation. Mm, real nice guy. Another uh, Larry Fink, it sounds like. Well, Charles, this has been great. I guess I'll go ahead and uh, ask you to give your links out and then uh, just hang on at the end, and uh, we'll uh, talk for a minute and maybe plan something else soon. Okay, my first site is silversteelers.net. It's free access. There's nothing to buy. You don't need to send me any money. I don't need your money. It's a self-paid site. I'm not a chiseling, carpet-bagging, money-grubbing profiteer like you see on YouTube. And uh, the other major site is nosilvernationalization.org, which is also free access, and it has several hundred free research essays. And one of them is uh, 90,000 words written against silver, and, um, and there's another one um, about silver nationalization under Roosevelt, and it's, it's much longer than that. And uh, uh, there's no fee to read these. I just ask that anybody that reads them, please don't use my material to put together a, a for-profit book. You know, do your own research. Don't, don't build on my bones. I wrote these things for free because I made a significant amount of money in mining shares. And I wanted to give something back, so this is my way of doing it. Yeah, and let me say to anybody who hasn't checked out your sites, and, and I'll put the, the websites in my show notes, but uh, it's like reading a book. So if you really like to read like I do and you really enjoy history and finding out who's been pulling the financial strings since, you know, the 1800s, <laughs> these two sites will really be your cup of tea for sure. No silver nationalization is more like a, a set of encyclopedias, actually. Since we've talked, I've went to it several times to look up stuff that I was trying to research because uh, you've put together so many things that it's just a great place to go to because otherwise you're going to spend all kinds of time trying to find the information that you're looking for because, uh, you know, these people don't want a lot of this out for one. And for two, uh, it, you know, the mainstream historians, they won't even talk about these things. So it's a great resource. Well, it's what I was able to do because I didn't have a wife and kids and uh, I gave up taking vacations and I, I only had a trace of social life. And I'm trying to do something about that now. Do you still have the uh, the other website? Yeah, I have one on pets. It's called uh, TexasPetProtect.org. And for anybody that has trouble with cancer, go there a ASAP and uh, go to the cancer tab in the navigation panel. And you'll read about two substances which are... Uh, probably the best cancer fighters that you could find anywhere. Uh, one of them is called artemisinin. It's also called wormwood. And the other is lactoferrin. Lactoferrin comes from cows, but it isn't milk. And um, in the Far East, people that went in to get treated for malaria 
were given aramicinin because the malaria virus depends on iron to multiply, and those that had cancer going on at the same time went into remission. And the thing about aramicinin and cancer is cancer needs a lot of iron for runaway cell division. It's called mitosis of neoplastic cells. And uh, in the presence of large concentrations of iron, aramicinin causes an explosion of damaging free radicals. And I saw it kill a mammary tumor in a dog. I know it killed it because it detached from the dog's underside. It hung loose in a flap of skin. And uh, lactoferrin kills cancer by a different method. It just starves cancer of iron. It soaks up all the free iron and, and, and it withers the blood vessels feeding cancer. There's no reason to use both of these together. They're standalone. Spend some time reading about both of them and choose one of them and go with it. I've got my dog on lactoferrin, and I'm on it too as a cancer preventative. Awesome. That's great information. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I will put all three of your links in the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out. And I definitely suggest you do because the information is fascinating. It's, it's basically the hidden history of what really happened in America, you know, from the early 1900s on up or even uh, earlier than that. So I think people will really enjoy it because they're not going to be taught this information in school. They're not going to learn it in elementary <laughs> school or middle school, high school or college for that matter. So it's very important information. We need to know where we came from so we can, you know, know what to do in the future and what to do currently too. But uh, it's many of the same families who, sh- who are still in control and are still trying to screw us over for their benefit. So, yeah, definitely check that out. And thank you, Charles. And just hang tight, Charles, and uh, we'll talk in just a second. Well, guys, that finishes this episode of The Oddcast, and I thank you so much for taking the time to hang with me. I'm going to get right to it and thank my patrons. And if you want to become a supporter of the show, just go to patreon.com forward slash The Odd Man out. I want to thank Cole. I want to thank Ashley. I want to thank that crazy bread man for being a covert co-conspirator. I want to thank Aaron. I want to thank Ruckus from the Daily Ruckus at alternatecurrentradio.com. Check out his show as well as many others on there. And he is also on TNT Radio as well, doing a fine job. Thank you, No Evil Shall Fear. Thank you, Mark from Pusatonic Live. Please check out Mark's work on YouTube and his other platforms. Thank you, James. Thank you, Bill S., for being a producer of the show. Thank you, John Brisson from We've Read the Documents. Get on over to Twitter and check out We've Read, and you will see all of John's links. Thank you to the Mighty Kilowatt. Thank you, Sir Tim of the Tunnels. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, David. And thank you, Jack Allen from Conspiracy or Just a Coincidence, for being my friend and being a great content provider. So check him out. Conspiracy or Just a Coincidence on all your fine podcasting platforms as well as his YouTube. Now I want to thank my podcasting family that I did mention a second ago. That's alternatecurrentradio.com. Get on over there and check out all their fine talk and music shows as well. They've got the flagship, The Boiler Room. Got to check that out. I'm on there sometimes. As well as The Daily Ruckus, The Mystical American Patriot Society, and many others. And also check out Hesher or Brian McLean, the man behind alternate current radio as well as spore check out his show on tnt radio as well it's the brian mclean show 
They're doing a fine job over there. And I also want to thank Fringe Radio Network for continuing to post the podcast up there. Check out all the fine shows on there as well. I'll be talking to you soon if it's the Lord's will. Cheers and blessings. And remember, their order is not our order. See you guys. <laughs>